0: Welcome from the City of Entertainment. You are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. The only show that really gets personal with the stars. Partnered with Casino Player Magazine, a monthly gaming lifestyle publication with over 88,000 paid subscribers nationally, which now features LaFong syndicated columns and backstage videotaped interviews online. Our website is lasvegasbackstagetalk.com where the show is currently streaming live. Now please welcome your host, comedian Michelle Lafon
1: hey hey
2: we have the one and only Neil Sedaka on the show today and we also have soap star singer songwriter keynote speaker author it goes on and on for Gloria Loring and she is also mom to Robin Thicke mind you and that'll be in the later part of the show but first we're going right to Neil. I
3: love, I love, I love the calendar girl, each and every day of the year. Now Think we of all know. that we've been through, and breaking up is hard to do.
2: Hey, hey, and on the line, we have legendary singer, performer, producer, songwriter, I could go on and on and on, Neil Sedaka. This is so exciting. It is Michelle. Yes. Thank you. How are you? I am so fine. I've been trying to get an interview with you for three years.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you were very persistent. I'm glad we finally got to speak. Speak. And what is this, K L A V? Yes, it
2: is. And, you know, I was uh, on the phone with a very good friend of mine, Jay Siegel. From, oh, good. Yes. Oh,
3: dear, dear Jay, yes.
2: We were talking about you, and he said, Oh, I could t- pick up the phone and call him anytime. But did he? No. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, never, better late than never.
2: Exactly. I love Jay and he loves you.
3: Well, we started, uh, you know, I started the Tokens in high school in Brooklyn and he had the most gorgeous falsetto voice and we had a couple of records together and then uh, they went their way and I went as a solo.
2: I think it, your career is fabulous and I love that you're going to be at the Orleans showroom February 21st and 22nd doing your hits is it going to be like uh, a full gamut of songs with new one new and old or is it what's it going to be like?
3: mostly the old hits that people know me for yay i love them i never get tired of singing them and a couple of new ones always they expect neil sadaka being a writer to play some new songs
2: i love it
3: so I've been, i i can't even count the times i've been to the orleans over the years it was my second home
2: isn't that a fantastic showroom it's so intimate
3: it it really is wonderful i was there maybe uh in the early days two three times a year uh at least uh, a couple of weeks each time
2: my goodness i mean you know as a performer myself i'm not a singer or anything i'm a comedian but uh that is the best room because it's a big room but it's still intimate and the sound is amazing
3: Yes, I've been doing this close to 60 years, so I played every casino in Las Vegas. Wow,
2: fantastic.
3: And I started in the Fremont downtown, and then you name it, I've been in all of them, but the Orleans has been special.
2: Aw, that is so cool. So... You know, you're one of my all-time favorites, and I have a lot of friends that are singer-piano players, and they told me, they all told me the same thing when I told them I have this interview with Neil Sedaka. They said, tell him, thank you, thank you for the hits because they get me the most tips.
3: <laughs> oh, great. Well, we were taught to write very singable, very catchy songs from the old Brill Building days in New York.
2: Oh, yeah. You had to have hooks.
3: You had to have something that's memorable and singable.
2: I love that you're from New York. I mean, it's, I know you could tell I am, too. Oh, yes. Where are you about from? Queens. Queens. Oh, very nice. Yes, yeah, the well, sister okay. to your Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love the fact, too, I saw you on American Idol. Like, the second season. Yes. The biggest
3: watching or listening audience. I think it was 37 million people watched
2: that night. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Would you like to also be uh, uh, one of the coaches on The Judge? I mean, on The, on the uh, Voice?
3: I'd love to, but nobody asked me. Really? I'd love to. You know, that was a very exciting night. Uh, Clay Aiken did Solitaire, and it went to number one. Clive Davis recorded him right after that show. He had done my song Solitaire. It was beautiful. Oh,
2: my God. So when other people, when other artists do your song, um, is it hard for you to, like, if they change it up a, a lot, Like, if you don't, you know what I'm saying? It's not like... Yeah,
3: I'm I'm not there at the recession. Uh, Most of the time I'm not there, so they can do it the way they feel. I've had some good... Cover records and some lousy right. cover records. I'm not mentioning any more. I
2: understand. <laughs>
3: but I've been very fortunate, some of the greats, from Elvis to Frank Sinatra to ABBA to Karen Carpenter uh, to Shirley Bassey. I've been very, very lucky.
2: What do you do when one of the artists comes to you and they say, this is what I did with your record, and you don't like it?
3: I have no say, as long as they didn't change the melody or the lyrics. They have to go, not to me, but to the publisher of the song who gives them permission, and then they can do what they want, but they can't change the melody or the lyric.
2: So, do they ever ask for your blessing just because?
3: Well, I remember Andy Williams called and asked for advice, and Tom Jones called and asked for advice, and... uh, Oh, Connie Francis with Where the Boys Are and Stupid Cupid. Many times they ask me, but most of the time, they just go in and do it in their style. So It's very flattering to have a major artist cover it.
2: Sure. Now, what do you do if they do something that you don't like, and then they come to you and say, did you like it?
3: Most of the time, they don't care what I like. (laughs) They just... They just do the song, and I get the royalties as a songwriter. Every time it's played on the radio, every time it's bought on, on the Internet or in the shop, that's fine.
2: Wow. You know, uh, my, I have a lot of uh, friends who are going to see you this weekend at the Orleans, and they asked me if you're going to have any uh, out like CDs for sale. I do. Yay. I have
3: CDs for sale. Absolutely, oldies and new ones. And the big problem is what to leave out in the show, because I have over 700 songs in the last 60 years. So uh, wow. I have to do, certainly, I love to do The Calendar Girl and Breaking Up and and um, Laughter in the Rain. Those goes without saying. Sure. But, uh The problem is what to leave out, and usually a lot of people uh, are waiting for a particular song, so if they shout it out from the audience, I'll do it.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You'll be there forever. (laughs) Probably a couple of weeks. (laughs) Yeah, really. I mean, you know, do you ever, are you ever in awe of your career uh, of all these years and all your hits? I mean, does it ever... Do you ever have a moment where you say, my goodness, all of these
3: hits? Well, Michelle, I worked very, very hard, but I am two different people. I'm Neil Sedaka, the person, and Neil Sedaka, the performer. Uh, when I ride in into the Orleans and see my name on the marquee, I say to myself, Gee, Neil Sedaka is singing here. Wow. It's like another person. It's a schizophrenic feeling. It really is. But, you know, you have to separate it because, you know, I remember where I came from. It never went to my head. Uh, I never forgot my roots. My father was a cab driver in, in New York. We were from poor people. So I... Uh, I'm always very, very thrilled. What has happened?
2: Wow, that that's terrific. Do you do you still get nervous before you go on stage?
3: Only if friends are in the audience.
2: I know what and you friends mean.
3: <laughs> friends and family in the audience gets me nervous. Um, I did last year Hyde Park in London, forty five thousand people. I didn't know a soul. I was not nervous at all. Wow. Uh, last week I did the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills on Wilshire Boulevard, and I was scared because I had about 40 friends and family members.
2: Right. You know, I know exactly what you're saying. And in comedy, it's even worse because people, they're so nervous for you that they don't even, you could feel the nerves in the air. You know, so true. It, it's
3: so true. And uh, I get somebody who went to high school with me, who will send me an email. We're coming to see you. It's the first time we ever saw you perform. <laughs> you, you better be good.
2: <laughs> I hate it. I hate I, it. I know exactly what you're saying. That is so funny. And, and it, you know, I I know that I get superstitious sometimes. Um, When I go on stage, does that ever happen to you? Like, if you had a show that you weren't particularly thrilled with, would you wear uh, any of the same clothes again real soon on stage? I'm not
3: superstitious. I'm always prepared, uh, always hoping for that standing ovation. I'm not superstitious at all. No?
2: So, you don't have bad associations with, you know, you don't think that, oh, this was bad luck at all, uh... Nothing like that.
3: As long as the check is waiting at the end. I love it. I love what I do, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, uh, the traveling and the jet lag and the uh, wear and tear on the body and oh, the yeah. dirty lines, and, you know, it's difficult. So, sure. So, um, at this point in time, I pick and choose the ones I want. I still do about 20, 25 concerts a year.
2: Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Do you... Good. Do you? Do you... Uh, have you been asked to write for any artist that you really didn't want to write for because you didn't care for them?
3: I never was asked to write except for one time. Connie Francis was doing a movie called Where the Boys Are, and Howie and I wrote a song that was taken for the movie. It was a big hit. Other than that, all of the others covered my song, covered my records. I always did the first record. So I really never wrote for any one specifically,
2: oh, I didn't realize that.
3: County, yeah. I
2: didn't realize it. is there any artist that you haven't recorded with that you would love to record with?
3: Well, I'll tell you a story. I just wrote. 12 new songs, I'm, they're very contemporary, and I'm very excited. I'm gonna call the album for your consideration, and I'm going to pitch each song to some of my favorite singers. I'm not gonna record the songs. So I'm pitching one to Sam Smith.
2: Oh, wow.
3: Who I love, Lady Gaga, Michael Bublé, <gasps> Josh Groban. um Uh, Meghan Trainor, uh, I'm going to pitch songs to contemporary people who I love, who I hope will record, so each track will be by a different singer.
2: How exciting. That sounds like a great idea.
3: I hope one of them takes it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. Just, I mean, how could you not take it? Just, I mean, you're the legend. You're the guy.
3: Uh, thank you, dear. Uh, oh, my... I even send one to uh, Taylor Swift. I know she writes her own, but uh, you never know until you try it. I, hey,
2: I agree with you 100%. Tell me about waking up is hard to do. <laughs>
3: Yes, my children, I have three grandchildren who love my old rock and roll, and they asked me to change the words to make it more friendly, child-friendly. So I did a CD called Waking Up Is Hard To Do, and in it we have Where The Toys Are, (laughs) and Lunch Will Keep Us Together. Uh, I I changed all the words, and then that... uh, went into a, a, a book a children's book called dinosaur pet which was number three on the new york times best-selling books wow number one and two were shades of grace 50 shades of gray
2: oh that's unbelievable
3: but uh, it was a very successful children's book and yes um dinosaur pet was to the tune of calendar girl
2: do you do any kind of like little potpourri of that in your yes. show I do. You do? Yay! Okay. Oh, I cannot wait to see you. I mean, my gosh, I'm, this sounds so great. I, I too, have never uh, actually been to one of your shows. I've been out of town every single time.
3: Well, don't say you better be good, Neil. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because I am good. <laughs> you are always fabulous. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, I absolutely love it. So, you know, with all the stuff that you do, I I really believe that you are going to be on The Voice. I I think I had a dream them, about it. Send them an
3: email that you suggested. Oh, of
2: course I'm going to. There's no doubt. Do you watch it? No, the-
3: I'm, a, I'm a, a little bit from the '50s, so there's a little built-in uh, uh, resentment uh, to the old rock and rollers. They want uh, the new, young ones.
2: You never know. You never know. That's all. You know? I do.
3: You watch it? Do you watch the show? Yes, I, I watch Still American Idol. I watch The Voice. Absolutely. All
2: right, that's fantastic. So, okay. yeah, and you know, you had a. This was really, really fun, and I can't wait to see you this weekend. I'm going to be there Sunday night, and I'm going to come say hi.
3: I will wave. Okay. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you. Good
2: day. Bye, bye, Neil. Bye. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Gloria Loring, soap star, singer, songwriter, author, and don't forget, mom to Robin Thicke.
0: We'll be right back. And you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at Las Vegas BackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are
1: archived at Las Vegas BackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox cosmetic wrinkle filters spider veins laser skin technology anti-aging wellness and medical weight loss at horizon ridge wellness clinic we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world call today 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net. The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic.
4: Paradise Nail Bar is a new experience in service and atmosphere for full-service manicure and pedicure services with two convenient Las Vegas locations. We've expanded to a new facility in Southeast Las Vegas, Eastern and Windmill, as well as in Summerlin. Come and enjoy our services at Paradise Nail Bar and Salon, the finest in services for your salon and spa needs. Offering full service hair salon, manicure and pedicure, massages and spa. At Paradise Nail Bar, we also do many petty parties for special occasions or any other reason you'd like. Have your party here with friends, beverages, and karaoke. Book now online, 24-7, at paradisenailbar.com.
0: Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong.
2: Hey, hey, and on the line, we have soap star, singer, songwriter, author, Gloria Loring, and keynote speaker, it just goes on and on, as well as soap star of Days of Our Lives. And she's going to be in town here in Vegas in April, filming The Secrets of the Keys, Robin Jay's sequel to The Keeper of the Keys, one of my favorites, and it also stars Brian Tracy, John Azarov, Michael B. Beckworth, Daniel Brinkley, Don Miguel Ruiz. Oh, my gosh. And we have a free offer on our website if you want to get the first movie for free. There you go. It's only good for February, though. Okay, all promos are done, and now we're talking to Gloria Loring. I'm so excited. You, you, your credits just fly off the page.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love to get to do all the things I can do and and uh, do occasionally. Um, this last year was a lot of fun. I got to do a, a Christmas movie, television movie with Michael Muni and Kelly Overton and then um, I just finished doing a short film for two young filmmakers that they're going to take to the rounds of the uh, film festivals. Fantastic. And then I also got to do a Nora Ephron play and you know, I don't know about Ooh. you but she's one of my favorite writers in the world. Oh, of course. Oh, we had such a good time. We laughed. It was five women. I played the central character, and um, it's it's called Love, Loss, and What I Wore, and it's it's based on a book by that name, um, and Nora and Delia Ephron wrote it wrote the screen the um, the stage play, and we laughed so much, and people laughed. They just loved it. It was such a blast. So I'm I'm happy just recording some songs. Gonna get to come to Las Vegas and do this
2: movie with for Robin. Uh, you know, life is good. It sounds. I don't know how you have time to eat <laughs> and there's always time you do one thing at a time that's how you get to it all exactly now a lot of people don't even know that you wrote the theme songs for different strokes facts of life and of course uh what else am i missing of course the one uh, for alan thick's uh show uh you and alan wrote it together didn't you No, no, no. We didn't write that.
4: Alan wrote that song. I was married, for those of you who are listening, I was married to Mr. Thick for, um, well, we were married for 16 years. We were together for 14. And as Alan says, he says, I was happily married for 14 years. The problem is Gloria was only happily married for 11.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, 11 isn't too bad. It's not
4: bad. But anyway, yeah, we were married and um, I was able to participate with him in writing the Facts of Life and stories strokes, themes, and that's my voice that people have heard all these years, singing the facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have, that's me.
2: That's wonderful. I love it.
4: I know, I know, and then he he also, he wrote a number of songs, because when I first met him, he was a a comedy and special material music writer at the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Company, so um, he had a background in that, in writing, putting words together to make people laugh and have a good time, and he's very, very good at it.
2: My gosh. I mean, you really are the beautiful people. I mean, I I mean, but the two of you, I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. And then you are mother to, Al, you know, to uh, um, Robin. Hello. I can't even say his name without stuttering because he's so hot. I
4: mean, come on. Yeah. I know. Well, Robin Thicke, yes, is my son. I also have another son named Brennan Thick, who is about two years his elder, and both my sons are very talented. Um, Robin is working on some really fun new music and, and just staying at home as much as possible to be with his little son, Julian, Nana's gorgeous boy. Wow. Uh, light, and then I have also Nana's rascal boy, it's Tyler, that's my other son, Brennan's son. So I have boys and more boys. Wow. Now, you have a daughter,
2: too, don't you? No, I don't. You... I don't have a daughter. Well, I hate to tell you this, but in Wikipedia, you do. <laughs> in Wikipedia, I have a daughter. Yes, you have, have a daughter. A... No, no,
4: I had a daughter. My character, on Days of Our Lives, had a
2: daughter. Oh, that's funny. That's the confusion. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's very funny. Leave it to me to, to get <laughs> that mixed up. Okay, so so you have two sons... And uh, Robin, let me, uh, I have to ask the mother of of Robin Thicke, when he was, the whole twerking thing, what was (laughs) your, what was your take on all of that scandal?
4: Oh, you know, I mean, people made a lot more fuss, good heavens, I mean, Lady Gaga was sitting there in a, in a, Clamshell, you know. I mean, come on. It's it's the Video Awards, and and he's not in charge of Miley's performance. Miley can do what she wants. He's in charge of his performance, and he stood stood there, sang his song, and delivered. And she danced around and did what she did. And you know, but do you, you you believe
2: do? that he? But he knew that she was going to do that, and there's yeah, nothing. But
4: you know what what happens is this is the thing people. Why didn't he stop her? Oh yeah, he's really going to go to her managers and say she can't dance like that. First First of all, <laughs> when you're on stage and someone else is performing, you're not standing there watching them. You're not sitting in the audience watching the total effect of what they're doing combined with what you're doing. You're only responsible for your own performance. Just That's for th- the bottom line. People wanted to blame him for letting her do that.
2: It's not his job. Of course. You know, you know what? That's her job. That's
4: her handler's job. That's you know? right. That's her job.
2: That's right. And just for the record... There's nothing wrong with what happened. I mean, just for the record, people are talking about it and it put her on the map. It it the whole thing. And you know that this year's Super Bowl entertainment, the biggest um the biggest criticism from people were that it was boring compared to the twerking. Oh, yes.
4: I, I sure didn't find Katy Perry boring. I thought she was wonderful. Exactly.
2: That's everybody's, my point. Everybody's got an
4: opinion. What that's, are you but do? that's
2: my point. I don't find her boring either. But that's what happens is, you know, they want a bitch no matter what. <laughs> that's what it is. Isn't it the okay. case?
4: Everybody's got an opinion.
2: Whatever. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And it certainly wasn't, uh, you know, Robin that was controversial and, you know, he was just in the number
4: yeah, with her. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I'm with you on that, just for Age the of record. history. Exactly. <laughs> now, you wrote the book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. Tell us about that.
4: Well, I had a series of extraordinary coincidences that began with... Um, Uh, Exactly the right person who could help me with a project that I was doing to raise money for diabetes research. Because my older son, Brennan, has had diabetes for a long time. And back when I was on Days of Our Lives, I thought that creating a Days of Our Lives celebrity cookbook and getting recipes and pictures to everybody, all the fans, might be a big seller and could raise money. But I needed an underwriter. I needed somebody to uh, help me with it. And anyway, long story short, I ran into this fellow, told him about the project, He chipped in money within a a short period of time. I had the money I needed. We printed the cookbook. We sold over 100,000 copies, and I raised a million dollars for diabetes research. Wonderful. Wonderful. yeah, so now I'm telling I'm telling someone like you, an interviewer, that um, all the coincidences that were in that uh, that uh, chain of events of my meeting him, the money coming in, etc., etc. And I said, "Isn't that an amazing coincidence?" And this fellow said back to me, "Yes, but you know, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous." And I said. Whoa, 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 whoa! wait a minute. Wait, I got. Wait, I got to write that down. What <laughs> coincidence is? What God's so way of remaining anonymous? <laughs> what in the world? That is so cool. I have no idea what it means, but <laughs> exactly. But you know how when something just just catches your fancy? Yeah. And I started when I was telling the story because I was being interviewed about raising the million dollars for diabetes research, etc. And I would button the story with, and it was an amazing coincidence. But then you know, coincidence, because. God's way, and it, uh, every time I said it, I felt smart, yeah. <laughs> I felt really smart. So why not use it, right? But it started to insinuate its way into my consciousness, and as the years went unfolded, um, the next several years. I started to notice the way things would show up just in the nick of time or just when I said, gee, you know, I'd really love to have this or I wish this. And if I just, you know, maybe if I did this, this and this, and then everything would happen just the way I said it. And, you know, we've heard about this kind of thing through the law of attraction, etc. But what I wanted to do was write my stories, all these stories of what happened to me also combined with some friends' stories, but examine the subject from the standpoint of, first of all, the saying, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous, is a quote from Albert Einstein. So I started reading books about quantum physics what do they say in quantum physics about how the universe works? And they say that there's the observer effect. The minute someone observes something, they can change the trajectory. And then I started reading the great saints and sages from philosophy and, and spiritual wisdom, and I saw that there was this alignment from science and uh, and spiritual understanding. And I pulled from all of that, and I kept, it actually took me 10 years to write the book, because I, I wanted it to be so full of good information as well as my personal stories and the end result is that book and I've, I've heard back from people that that really that book opened their eyes to a whole other level of their lives and,
2: wow. and changed the way they look at their lives and I, that makes me so happy we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Gloria Loring.
0: We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at lasvegasbackstagetalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and all previous shows are archived at lasvegasbackstagetalk.com. Please visit our website.
1: How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right, that person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling HairWorks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extensions with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available, whether it's making your hair longer or thicker. Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with HairWorks by Janice Fassaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with
0: your host, comedian Michelle LaFong
2: Hey, hey, and we are back with more Gloria Loring I'm a pretty spiritual person myself. I loved uh, The Secret, but even before The Secret, the people behind The Secret, uh, the original one, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. You know, I was into all of those, uh, the quantum physics, the whole thing. So I'm with you on <laughs> on Yeah, I totally am with you on that. Now, how has that affected your life when you... Really became aware of all of this. How were you able to parlay that in your your career, well, Gloria Lauren? I don't
4: know if it's in my career as much as all all aspects of my life. Of course, um, of course, I have. It's, yeah. I have uh, let's just say an uh, uh, an irrefutable faith, um, uh, hope, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a sense that is that there is. Goodness in the world, and my job is to watch for it, note it, and utilize it. Um, and I, I see it all the time. I see things. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I just wrote a column that actually is coming out, I think just came out the other day. I write a column for Soap Opera Digest once every month or so. It's called How to Drop the Drama, because we love soap operas for all that drama. <laughs> and I wrote a column about my niece, who's about a little over a year ago both her parents passed away within several months of each other and it's it's been really hard she has a 7 year old son she's a single mother and you know my husband and I have been helping her and been in contact kind of taken over some of that role but but Christmas was coming around and for Christmas her parents always gave her a really beautiful Christmas card and her mother would sign it with a great message to her and it just meant so much and, she, and here she was for you know this Christmas coming up and she thought I'm never again going to receive a card like that from my mother and she started she shed some tears and you know, she was really sad she was mourning that loss of that connection mm-hmm. the very next day in the mail. Now, she's living in a house that we own in Los Angeles. No one has that address for her. Her name is not on any bills. Her name's not listed anywhere. The very next day, a postcard with a picture of an angel on the front of it, a beautiful, old-fashioned picture of an angel. Um, And she turned the postcard over, and it said, um, someone thought you might be able to use an angel in your life at this time. Something like that, those kind of words. It was unsigned, and it was addressed to her at the address of our house where we live. Wow. And it was postmarked from Alabama. That's where her parents had lived for all those years, and they had a house there. (laughs) And there's none of her friends still live in Alabama. She's not in touch with hardly any of her friends, and none of them have the address where she lives now.
2: Interesting.
4: Okay, so all of that, now here are two other layers. When her mother, every time her mother had a long history of illness and heart problems, etc., and her mother said to her on a number of occasions, look, if I don't make it through this procedure, this whatever, she said, don't you worry, I will come back as an angel angel to guide you. So now she gets an angel card, and the handwriting looks remarkably like her mother's handwriting.
2: Mm.
4: Now... I don't know how, just when she needed it most, someone, I don't believe it, it came from her mother from the other side, but how did the coinciding of someone thinking of her, having that address, writing in a handwriting that looks like her mother's, and thinking to send her an angel card at wow. Christmas. Wow. How did that all coincide? And I, I believe that there are that when we have a powerful desire, a powerful, uh, an emotional uh, charge, and I talk about this in my book, when there's an emotional charge, that emotional charge has energy that goes out, and it can trigger responses from people, events, the universe, whatever you want to call it, and that's very exciting to know that very often what we need most is very close by, just waiting for us to express a need for.
2: Absolutely, boy! You really know your stuff, Gloria. <laughs> yes, I could see how you'd be a terrific keynote speaker.
4: Well, I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing this because, you know, we can we can sit and theorize all the time. Well, it's, the universe is random, whatever. But there is also empirical evidence. There's there's the what actually happened, and you get enough of those events actually happening and and you start to say there's some other layer of life here even if you don't believe in God, or the deities, or a specific form of a deity, or divine intervention, or any of that kind of stuff, but you start to see that there's a possibility, that a probability, and for some people, some of us, it feels like a certainty, that there is goodness not very far away. So for me, what I enjoy, and you said how it affect my career, affects my whole life. I'm always watching for goodness.
2: Wow. So you don't tune into the bad vibes because that would give it power.
4: Yeah, I used to use that phrase. Uh, things would come and I'd literally say to myself, Gloria. Don't give it any power. Because the more you repeat something, it's like digging a groove. I agree. Of a trench, and it, it keeps getting deeper and deeper and the more you say it. So you so you, you, you use keep that opportunity it, yes. when something happens and yes. how could so and so do such and such? And then you turn your attention elsewhere. And I've got this in my life where you, you express gratitude or you say, I there's a reason that person was so snarky that day or so out of sorts, or there's a reason that Person's whole life is like that. You know, I remember someone told me not too long ago there are no unreasonable people because everyone has their reasons. Wow. So what you can do, what you said, you know, I I find something else to focus on. I put it down. I've been a meditator now for twenty five years, and one of the things you learn in meditation is not to take your thoughts seriously, not to grab hold of them and wrestle them them to the ground, and think that just because you thought them, they must be true. You know, oh she hates me, and then you find out no she didn't hate me. Oh. He was just having a bad day, you know? Sure, sure. We make up these things in our heads. And so when I when something doesn't feel good, I put it down as quickly as possible and focus on the goodness that does exist. And most of the time...
2: Almost all of us have so much goodness in our lives. Sure. I mean, so, you know, you're also a certified yoga instructor. I mean, it's hilarious. What else haven't you done, Gloria? I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I climbed
4: the Empire State Building. No, <laughs> I, I did that. That was all part of a, a period in my life um, around the early 90s when I started to meditate. Um, I uh, was introduced to a, a spiritual teacher from India. And I attended her ashram yoga, yoga meditation workshops, and and I decided to to get my yoga certification after our yoga teacher, who was in her late sixties, suddenly had an aneurysm or something, and she very gracefully just left us. And we kept her yoga school going, and I was teaching two classes a week. And I I thought, well, you know what? I want to get my certification. I love yoga, and it it combines with The fact that I'm studying yoga philosophy, I'm meditating, and then back in the 90s I started using the um, yoga system, the uh, Indian system of medicine, which is Ayurveda, an ancient 4,000-year-old system of medicine, which has held held me in very good stead all these years and fixed anything that ever went wrong. So I just keep doing that as much as possible, and uh, so it all kind of worked together. It was the right path for me.
2: Wonderful. Now, I have to ask you this, because soap operas, to me, is the sister to now reality TV. I mean, do you you watch The Celebrity Apprentice?
4: Um, I did watch a little bit of it last night. I was really tired because I was up really early yesterday. Uh, my darling friend Lisa Gibbons. Uh, it looked to me like she was on the way to winning it. I, I didn't stay up long enough to see the fi- final, but I did tune in this morning and uh, on the internet and saw that she had won and well deserved. She's a she's a really um, beautiful hearted woman with a lot of integrity she works very hard to be the very best she can at everything she does and she's also known in Hollywood as one of the kindest people you will ever know
2: yeah I think and, that came across I do yeah, I you yes, know she is.
4: she's such a gentle person she's famous for her handwritten thank you notes there's never a show she does that she doesn't write a handwritten thank you note. I, I should be so good about that stuff
2: me too me <laughs> too I, I hear you on that but would gloria loring do celebrity apprentice because i'd love to see that
4: oh my gosh i don't know um Yeah, they they want so much for there to be so much chaos, but I think Lisa, which doesn't interest me, chaos doesn't interest me. Yes, but look
2: what Lisa did. She was in control. She handled it beautifully. So
4: I think if I were to follow, which I would, uh, uh, Lisa and I are very similar in those things, Um, I I think it, it, it might be fun and quite a wonderful challenge.
2: I think so. I would love to see Gloria Loring on Celebrity Apprentice. What a perfect, perfect venue for you to show that you don't have to have that chaos. You don't, even with all that pressure and the lack of sleep and the lack of eats... And all of that stuff, because I don't know, you don't watch it as much as I do, but I, from what I've seen, anytime a celebrity starts eating, they get fired. (laughs) They They don't allow them to eat. It's like the minute they show them eating on camera, that they're the ones who get fired next.
4: yeah Well, they have to eat or they wouldn't make it but but yeah yeah but they put camera is not a great idea anyway (laughs) no but you know
2: what i mean what they do is they put them under so much pressure so that their true colors come out so that that's what makes great tv however lisa gibbons proved that you're in control of your own universe
4: and and you could do the same. You can respond instead of react. A reaction is sort of an, we think of it as a knee-jerk thing, but if you take a breath and take a moment, you can quell some of that, you know, cranky stuff
2: that might come up and and choose a better solution. Absolutely. So now, because we're running out of time, there are certain things I really want to uh, get to here. Now, you in your unbelievable career gloria loring have opened for bill cosby bob hope billy crystal the pointer sisters tony bennett it goes on and on and on now i do have to ask you uh with bill cosby did he ever offer you the drink oh no no he was very nice and very respectful to me me too uh, he was very nice uh, and very I respectful so to me too it just,
4: It made me, it made me so sad. It just made me so sad that this man, this family man with his long-term relationship with his wife, with, oh my God, what a, what a. Terrible, terrible part of him that had to come forth, and yeah. I, I'm so sorry for him. Yeah, I'm sorry for him that that existed within him and that he had the opportunity to express it. And I'm of course I feel enormous compassion for all those women.
2: That is such a profound betrayal. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard. So I, I, you know, because I, you know, was sitting next to him and he was wonderful to me and you know i interviewed him and as a comedian you know he was very nice he he took me backstage and you know brought me in his world and whatever to be honest with you gloria i there is a tiny part of me as twist as as this sounds that thought how come you didn't try anything with me? And so I i mean, it's twisted, but I almost was like, what, I'm not good enough? Well, oh, you know? you're so funny. Oh, you're so funny.
4: <laughs> that is very funny. You now, know, um, and, and, the, and aren't you grateful?
2: Yeah, but... You but,
4: so-called weren't gr- uh, good enough. Yes, I mean,
2: but it's... And I have to ask you, did... Is that relatable to you at all on any level? Because am I that crazy that that comes into my mind over and over again? It's like, why not me? Why You know, like, not that I wanted it, no, but how come not me?
4: Well, our insecurities have strange ways of presenting themselves. What can I tell you?
2: Good answer, Gloria. I love it. I love it. Well, Gloria, you have been fantastic. I'm so upset that we are out of time because I have had so much to talk to you about and we haven't even gotten halfway on your resume. (laughs) You have such an incredible resume. I, you know, friends and lovers, you, I, I just can't even get over all the things you've done and written and you know, you didn't just do one book for the record. How many books did you do, Gloria? I guess
4: I I did Five books for people with diabetes I did a, a book for parents called um, parenting a, uh, a child with diabetes I did a, a book for people with type 2 diabetes called living with Di- um, living with type 2 diabetes moving past the fear I did the days of our lives celebrity cookbooks two of those I did a recipe book for parents called kids food and diabetes family cookbook so I, I don't know six or seven books something like that and and it's been you know you know it's so much fun to be able to do these things to be to have an idea and get out there and get your hands dirty and and see it come to fruition i mean i just love that
2: now do you see why you'd be so perfect for celebrity apprentice that would be your charity diabetes
4: yes it would it absolutely would no it would be great and it would be for brennan and that would make me very happy
2: now do you have the kind of contacts in with all your time in show business, I mean, since you're a teenager, do you have the contacts that Geraldo had that way you can call in all these celebrities to donate money?
4: I I don't I don't know that I would be able to raise <laughs> money. No. that's that's insane. That's crazy.
2: Well, Lisa didn't think she had it either, and on the last challenge, she beat Geraldo by double.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you never know.
2: You never know. You never know.
4: You don't know until
2: you try. That's right. You never, ever know. And you know what? I have a feeling after this and this, this radio interview gets out, you are going to be doing Celebrity Apprentice.
4: All right. All yes. right. We'll put
2: that in
4: the mix. And that, if that comes about, I will call you
2: and let you know. That, oh, I'll know. I'll know. It's <laughs> it's out there in the All universe. Right. Gloria Loring. And don't forget, she's going to be here in Las Vegas filming The Keeper of the Keys Part 2 with Brian Tracy, John Azeroth, Reverend Michael B. Beckworth, one of my favorites, and Danny and Brinkley. And I, I mean, I can't wait to Meet you when I when you're here in Las Vegas, and uh, we will be hanging out, having a margarita.
4: All right, you got it, girl.
2: Fantastic. Thanks again, Gloria. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Michael Shane.
0: We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at Las Vegas BackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at Las Vegas BackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. <laughs>
1: How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right, that person you see in the mirror every day. Well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling HairWorks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extensions with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies and feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters, and then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you, with HairWorks by Janice Fasaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic
0: Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong
2: Hey, hey, and another thanks to Gloria Loring and don't forget, she's going to be here in Las Vegas in April filming the movie The Secrets of the Keys, starring Brian Tracy, John Azaroff, Gloria Loring herself, Reverend Michael B. Beckworth, Danian Brinkley, and Don Miguel Ruiz, and it goes on and on, but right now, on the line, we have our very own Michael Shane. How are you, Michael?
5: Hello, listening public, and hi, Michelle. It's, How are you? It's
2: been a long time, so I'm glad to see that you're back at Bootlegger on Thursday. Yippee! It's, you know, I was not happy when you weren't there on Thursdays.
5: Well, I have to say, I love the Thursday night because it's not quite a show night. It's really more an evening to the people, but it kind of turns into this, to a show because the vibe is that people are part of what we're doing. They're hearing their favorite songs. I take a lot of requests, and I get a lot of feedback. So what I do there on Thursdays is never the same thing twice, which I think is really cool. You know, there's, there's so much rehearsed-type stuff going on. I like being able to do something on the fly and do it different every time.
2: And, and everybody really was getting used to you over there and then all of a sudden you were gone and i wasn't happy because i sent a lot of people over there but that's another story okay so now you do comedy and you do requests of songs which i think is cool that you can play just about any kind of style music no matter what people request so has anybody ever stumped you because i've never witnessed anybody ever stumping you Michael
5: I, think Shane. Very, I think it's a very important thing, first of all, for me to preface this by saying, stump the band is not my act. So when people come up and try to stump the band and think that that's entertainment, it's fun for them for a minute and a great story to tell over beers when they get home, but it does nothing for entertainment. So don't do that. But
2: well, wait I'm a saying. minute. Is that a yes or a no? Did anyone ever do that to you? Because I've never witnessed it.
5: Um, it's very rare. Maybe uh, twice a year people will ask me for a song. I don't know, but I always know something else by the same artist. Or I always know something else that's another favorite. So I'll either give them a chance to ask for a second song or do something by that artist. Uh, So they do something obscure that I don't know that the person that originally recorded it, they're usually a fan of. So one way or another, I kind of make people So
2: wait a minute. So uh, just so I know... What is the most obscure song or artist or both that anyone has ever asked you to play?
5: Well, it's all stuff. I, I can promise you, I've probably been asked for three or four things that I've never heard of an artist I've never heard of, a song i never heard of, and those don't make any real impression on me. Uh, so I don't remember who or what they were. I didn't mark down. Oh, a you song mean I, that
2: doesn't? I never heard of stuff
5: nobody likes. I never do that. Um, but I get some odd stuff. People would want to hear, let's say, old Bob Dylan, but Bob Dylan's stuff it, that's buried on an album somewhere from 1963 that he never played again. Or um, i get the, the one I got the other day that I, it was a shame. I, I didn't know a boy named Sue, you know. Oh, you
2: didn't know a boy named Sue? Well, I, I,
5: I did when I was in experimental stage in college. A, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know the song Boy Named Sue, but I did, I did two or three other Johnny Cash songs for them. And that's the kind of thing. you try and to get it close. Uh, but for what it's worth, in the bootlegger, they like you to do whatever the people are happy with. So I'll turn around and do like a Sinatra or a Beatle tune and then wind up playing stuff by like Pink Floyd or Grand Funk Railroad. You never kind of know what's going to come out, but, you know, you cover every year and eventually you're going to play stuff people didn't expect to hear in there. But if you play it well, people, you know, it's nice to give people a memory, a moment, an emotional experience that they weren't expecting to have. You know, and and that's what makes it fun for me.
2: Exactly. Well, you're at the bootlegger on Las Vegas Boulevard this Thursday and next Thursday.
5: Right. seven hundred South.
2: Perfect. Perfect. And from what time to what time?
5: 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock.
2: 6 o'clock. Now, we only have like a minute left. So tell me this really cool show that your brother is producing here in Las Vegas with Duck Dynasty. Is that correct? Something with Duck Dynasty? Yeah, actually,
5: this became this was, uh, was made public. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the rooms at the Rio is going to be housing it. It's a musical written for Broadway that uh, they fully expect to go to Broadway. The show is actually called Duck Commander. And it is a show uh, partially being executive produced and endorsed by the Duck Dynasty, the family, uh, and the TV show. And they've turned it into a Broadway musical. And they're testing it out here for six weeks I don't know if it's stopping at another theater, but ultimately it's going to be in one of the, you know, theaters on the Great White Way. And he is one of the songwriters and one of the producers of the soundtrack of the album.
2: Do you know where and when?
5: Uh, I know that they are doing rehearsals and blocking and stuff in March. And it opens sometime in the middle of April at the Rio Hotel.
2: Oh, my goodness. And do you know if the cast of Duck Dynasty will be there?
5: I my understanding is uh, the cast for the Broadway show obviously are going to be performing it I think they're doing some media events and I know for sure they're doing a cast party and I want to say that the cast of the Duck Dynasty, the TV show, are probably going to make some appearances throughout the run. And as that unfolds, I'll keep everybody here posted in your audience.
2: Awesome. Thank you. We are so out of time. Michael, Shane, thank you so much. We'll see you at Bootleggers tonight and next week. Thanks again, Michael. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And that's it for this week, and we'll see you next time.
0: You have been listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFond where you can listen in on those inside conversations and backstage stories with the stars that make Las Vegas the entertainment capital of the world. We are streaming live every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Audio of past shows are archived on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Videos of backstage interviews are also on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. And we are available on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Las Vegas Backstage Time. just